When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. Hello? You on the line? Welcome to Totally Whole Talk Radio. We are excited about our topic on tonight. I am your host, Dr. Rosemary Cook, better known as Dr. Rose. Tonight we're going to talk about how to live a happier and fuller life. There are so many people who want to be happy. There are so many uh, formulas that teach us how to be happy. But tonight... I want us to talk about how to truly be happy. And one way to obtain happiness is called living in the present moment. And some of you who are listening out there know this as mindfulness. Mindfulness, it's a form of meditation. It's a form of learning how to live in the present moment. The research has shown us that people who have learned to live in the present moment are more peaceful, have less stress in their lives, experience less depression and anxiety. And also, people who live in the present moment are happier people. We live in a fast-paced society. We rush from one place to the next. We rush from one activity to the next. And we rush even when we are in the presence of other people. We don't even attend to or focus on the people who are right in our faces. Am I right? In other words, we are just too distracted. We are rarely present to the activities that we are doing. Think about how often you have multitasked. And we pride ourselves on our ability to do one, two, and three things at a time, thinking this will make us look more successful. Think about it. When was the last time you drove your car, talked on the phone, ladies even put on makeup, and ate a meal all at the same time? Look at our young people. They are growing up in a world where multitasking is the norm. How many of you have found yourself trying to engage in conversation with a young person only to find that that young person had the telephone uh, uh, in their ear or looking at the telephone, but also on Instagram or or FaceTime and trying to uh, attend to what you were trying to say? So in our society, we are being conditioned for distraction. And the truth is, God can't even get our attention. Think about it. When we lay down to pray or we're on our knees or however we pray, we can't even focus on God because our minds are racing. We're thinking about our plans for the day or we're thinking about the mistakes that we made on yesterday. We're thinking about the tasks that we have to do, what we have to do tomorrow or regretting what happened earlier today, that we can't even experience the presence of God. But the truth is that life is meant to be enjoyed and experienced. And God places people in our lives for us to enjoy the time that we spend with them. When we are with people, families, or uh, friends, we are to appreciate the gift of their presence and the gift of their time. How many loved ones 
have passed away, and you've missed the opportunity to be fully present to them. Think about our children. How many of our youth have grown up and we missed opportunities to spend quality time with them? Then we have friends. Friends have come and friends have gone, and because of our distractions, we have failed to be fully present to them because we're thinking about other things even while we are with them. Somebody know that I'm telling the truth. So tonight, I want us to learn how to live happier and fuller lives by being present in the present moment. This is called mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is the quality or the state of being conscious or being aware of something. Psychology today defines mindfulness as a state of active, open attention to the present. When you are mindful, you observe your thoughts. You observe your feelings from a distance. You're not all consumed. You're not all up in your head, as I say. And you're not even judging your thoughts as good or bad. Because when you start judging even your thoughts, it creates negativity. It creates depression. It creates anxiety. But mindfulness teaches us simply to observe. Not to judge, but observe. And when you are mindful of your thoughts, whether your thought is a negative thought, whether you are experiencing a depressive thought, or even if it's a fearful or anxious thought, When you are mindful of your thoughts, you are not judging them. You're just noticing them, and you're letting them be. You're not even owning it or not even identifying with it. That's mindfulness. But what we do is we spend so much time thinking over things that have happened in the past, or we worry about things that we want for the future, that we actually forget to appreciate and enjoy the present moment. But when you're mindful, it helps you to clear your head. And Lord knows we need to clear our heads. We have so many thoughts that are in our head that we cannot even focus clearly. Mindfulness helps you to slow down your thoughts, slow down your nervous system, And when you're mindful, it helps you to even concentrate better. And we need to learn how to better concentrate. Mindfulness helps you to relax and to cope with stress. It helps you to manage negative thoughts and emotions like depression or anxiety. And mindfulness can help you to be less angry or moody. The first experience that I had with uh mindfulness or meditation, it was when I went on my first silent retreat. Yes, I did say silent retreat. And the retreat lasted for seven days. And I asked myself, how in the world can I sit for seven days in silence? But don't you know that retreat literally changed my life. And many of my listeners who know me, they know that I'm a busy person. But when God led me to go on that retreat, he was teaching me how to be fully present to him. Because the truth of the matter is that I was so busy that I wasn't fully present to God. But during that retreat, I learned how to appreciate and to experience uh, God's unconditional love for me. At the time, I had just had a minor outpatient surgery. It was a week before the retreat. But it was in the stillness and the quietness that I could hear God's voice. In the stillness and the uh, uh, silence of that meditation, mindful meditation, I could appreciate the people who were there on the retreat in a greater way and that they were being attentive to me, knowing that I had just had surgery. I could even 
taste the food that was prepared. The food tasted even better because I didn't just uh, chew the food and swallow it quickly, but I was aware of what I was eating, the texture, the taste of the food. I was also more attentive to the beauty of nature and the sunshine and the skies and the grass and the butterflies. And as the week progressed, I found myself more content and appreciative of the presence of God at work in my life. And I left that retreat more confident in God's ability to take care of me because I was more mindful of God's presence in my life. And therefore, I learned how to trust God in a greater way. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God. And mindfulness is just learning how to be still, learning how to know who God is, learning how to know what is in your midst. So I have two guests. I'm excited about them being on uh, the show with me. Uh, First, I have Mr. Charles David Washington, who's an educator and an activist and an artist. Charles David, he sends out these daily meditations on social media, and they are so inspirational, and he sent several meditations on mindfulness. So Charles David, he's on the line, and we're going to ask him in a few moments to share with us uh, from a male's perspective, because men uh, do know how to pray, and men do practice uh, mindfulness and living in the present. And then my second guest, is Reverend Thomasine Adams, a good friend and colleague of mine. She's an ordained elder in the AME Church, and she is the director of Christian education at Mount Calvary AME Church. Reverend Thomasine holds a master's degree in religious education. She's a spiritual director, and she's a leader of silent retreats. And also, she's an Oblate lay associate with the Oblate Sisters of Providence. So welcome, Charles David, and welcome, Reverend Thomasine. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Glad to have you. Reverend Thomasine, you you on the line? Yes, Reverend Rosemary, I'm here. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, great. We're just excited. But first, let me ask, um, well, Charles David, can you just shed a little light on the subject for us? Because I know we have some men who are listening in, and and you are... uh, a man of God and a student of the word and uh what is it that has inspired you or what have you learned about living in the present moment? Well, I um it's interesting. I, I was reading a quote, um, and the quote was actually from the Dalai Lama. Um, mm. and uh it, it it said the Dalai Lama when asked what surprised him most about humanity um, his answer was man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then mm. he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. Mm. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. Wow. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die, and then he dies having never really lived. Wow, that's powerful. And but yet, you know, so when I true. read it, when I read it, it it, it struck me, um, and I said to myself, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go through life, and um, when it's my time to go, have those type of feelings like, wow, did I ever really live? Did I ever mm-hmm. really live? And um, this came from the Dalai Lama, but it. It caused me to um, search the scriptures to see what God said about it. But I, I, um, I looked at it, and as a male, um, one of the things that we're um, expected um, to do is to be a provider. Um, mm-hmm. And so many of us work hard um, so that we can position ourselves to be able to provide um, for our families. Um, yeah. And society and and the secular view is, you know, to go out and make money and, you know, they kind of evaluate you 
as a man in terms of what you're able to provide. Um, and so whether we realize it in, um, or not, because um, there's some things that um, we can see and are, are overt, and there, there's some things that are in our subconscious, um, but we've been conditioned to chase um, money and things and this being a measure of us providing and a measure of our manliness. Um, and I, I've, guilt, I've, you know, reading this quote woke me up um, and opened my eyes to say, what am I doing? Um, and reevaluate what I'm doing. And I, I didn't realize it, but subconsciously I'm out, I'm working hard to chase things so that I'm, you know, so that I can provide. Um, but when I read this quote, and he says that we sacrifice money, it says we sacrifice our health in order to make money, and then we sacrifice money to recuperate our health and help me to see, um, wow, I'm so busy trying to position myself to be a provider that am I, am I really taking, am I really taking opportunities to stop and just enjoy the now, enjoy the moment, enjoy the present, enjoy time I have with family and friends, and really cause me to reevaluate uh, my values and and priorities. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, everything that you said is so true. I want to just I want to ask Reverend Thomasine to chime in on the conversation because she is a spiritual director and she leads retreats, and I know that she has come into contact with with people who are just busy and you know people who are, are misdirected uh, in their pursuit of money and things. So. So, Reverend Thomasine, what um, can you say regarding this whole idea of living in the present moment? What has been your experiences? Well, um, thank you for inviting me. Living in the present moment, and as a spiritual director, I have to journey with others in prayer, determine their spirituality, their gifts, and what the purpose of God's call is on their life or what they are designed to do to help mankind. And I was first introduced to mindfulness when I was um, obtaining my certification as a spiritual, re- spiritual director at Chilean Institute for, for Spiritual Formation. And for me, mindfulness is being present in the now, and that's what you have emphasized, Reverend Rosemary. And my son, who's a therapist, says mindfulness is being present without judgment. Mm-hmm. It's a constant, for me, a constant awakening. Even the Word of God says we have to wake up. And it keeps me awakened to who I am, to whose I am, and what I'm called to do. And as women, we are nurturers. We are always multitasking. But one mm-hmm. thing for certain is that we are called to be human beings and mm. not human doers. And I think we get it twisted often. And in and, and, and mindfulness, breathing is, an impor- is important to the existence of life. And we forget about breathing because we are so busy breathing. doing. And mindfulness mm. also helps us to remember where we are, what we're doing, and what we're called to do on a daily basis. And when we talk about breathing, and um, I read a lot of Thich Nhat Hanh. He's a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was um, nominated by Martin Luther King for the Nobel Peace Prize. Keep that in mind. And, mm-hmm. and one thing I looked, you know, you can look on the um you can Google anything. It says, and I want to know how many breaths do we breathe a day? And it says that we often forget. The average adult takes 15 to 20 breaths a minute, over 20,000 breaths a day. Are we conscious of our breathing and how important breathing is to life? Because without breathing, there is no life. You're so true. And, and one thing about mindfulness. We can't have peace and happiness without stability or discipline in our daily lives. Mindfulness helps us to determine how to respond to adversity, 
how to respond to conflict, how to enjoy peace, how to be happy. We are often carried away by the painful and negative thoughts from the past, which causes depression. And our minds tend to run off in the future, which causes anxiety. So with mindfulness, it helps us to come out of those states of negative energy and to just relax. For example, drinking a cup of tea or drinking mm-hmm. a cup of coffee, do we often remember how we pick up the coffee cup, handle the coffee cup, see the the the, um, the um, smoke or uh, coming out, and just putting the cup up to our mouths and tasting the essence of the tea or the coffee. Do we have moments just if it takes five or ten minutes to enjoy a cup of tea? We're looking at a, a horizon, looking at it and seeing God's glory in that horizon and his promise mm-hmm. to mankind without trying to de- decipher the colors and how big it is mm-hmm. because that's when we lose the purpose of our mindfulness, just enjoying the horizon or smelling a flower or feeling the rain on our skin and not analyzing everything that we see but just being present to the flower, being present mm-hmm. to the rain. Mindfulness brings peace and mindfulness brings joy. It allows us to cultivate what is wholesome and what we need to let go of. Let go of. That's what mindfulness is for me. And I bring myself back when I get overtasked and when I'm so busy doing and not being. My breath brings me back. I realize that I'm breathing. So I'm mm-hmm. in the now. I can concentrate better on what I'm doing instead of being the superwoman that I am not. Let me let me pause you right there because you said some real uh, powerful things right there. One thing you said that kind of jumped out at me is that mindfulness uh, helped you to wake up, wake up to who you are and to whose you are. And... What I have to say to that is that we can travel on a path, a path that has been uh, established for us, maybe uh, from our parents or maybe from society or a path that we have established based on some other motive other than, than God. And we get on this track and we are not uh, fully conscious of, of where it is that we're going because we have not even heard for, from God to get direction, and so we are not paying attention to ourselves, not paying attention to our emotions, to our mood, uh, not even uh, uh, attending to the activities that we are participating in. You know, I can recall just uh, being a person to uh, work and always wanting to do my best on a job and being uh, uh, loyal and faithful and and being uh, uh, an excellent worker. And I did this automatically because that's who I am, but it was only until things went wrong. It was only until maybe uh, the job ended. It was only until there was some friction that I was able to wake up. And it was one incident I was on this job, and I was working hard and didn't get the appreciation that I felt that I deserved. And God was trying to get my attention to help me to realize that that's, that wasn't where he wanted me to be. He was trying to take me to entrepreneurship. But I was comfortable working for other people. And one particular day, I went into the uh, the lounge and there was a coffee mug on the counter, and the words on the coffee mug was, wake up and smell the coffee. Uh And that was God speaking to me, telling me to wake up. Be attentive to uh, where you are, to who you are, and to whose you are. And it was in that moment, uh, Charles David and Reverend Thomasine, that God got my attention. You know, I was more mindful of uh, 
where I was, where I was going, and whose I was. But it seems like it has to take uh, trouble or friction or calamity, you know, mm-hmm. a loss of a job or, you know, a loss of a relationship or uh, even, as Charles Davis was telling us about chasing money, the loss of finances, that we begin to wake up. Amen. So I really, really want our listeners to think about the path that you're headed on. Think about whether you are uh, attentive to the present moment or or are you just on a treadmill, just uh, going through life uh, with your eyes uh, uh, shut, not not hearing, not seeing. So another thing you said, Reverend Thomasine, was that mindfulness is without judgment. It's, it's, it's observing and noticing without judgment. And we, as a people, we judge others. Yes. And and I think about even way back in the Garden of Eden, when uh, Adam and Eve had everything. You know, they they were naked and they were uh, unashamed and unafraid. And it wasn't until sin entered. That judgment entered That they began to uh, look at each other And judge themselves And Adam blamed Eve And Eve blamed uh, uh, Adam I mean Eve blamed the serpent rather And that was when judgment They began to compare themselves They began to recognize that Oh I'm naked Because God asked Adam Where are you? And Adam said "Uh, I was hiding Why were you hiding Adam? Because I was naked How did he know that he was naked? Uh-huh. There was some judgment that entered. So when we go back to mindfulness, I believe we're going back to the state that God would have us to be in. Amen. Letting God, you know, do the judging and us not even judging a thought because we know that thoughts come and go. Am I right? Yes. 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 Yeah, so what do you all have to say, you know, from what well, we talked about so far? I was going to say that um, when you talked about um, in terms of of asking or seeking God what he wants, it kind of reminds me of the story of Mary and Ma- uh, Martha when Jesus was at um, their home, and you have Mary who's sitting at his feet listening to what he says, and you have Martha who's so busy trying to make preparations. Her intentions were good. Mm. Um, but she was so caught up in the preparation that she missed what was most important, um, and that mm. was um, sitting at God's feet and, and hearing and listening to Him. Um, and like you said, you know, oftentimes, you know, we make plans and we have directions for our lives, but how often do we stop and ask God what He wants to for our lives? Yes. Because when you go back and you, you're talking about the Garden of Eden. Back then, um, they were in harmony with everything because everything was under the purpose that God had for them um, until yeah. um, sin entered. But it's interesting, the Hebrew word for work is avad, and that means work, worship, and service. Hmm. Um, and it didn't, what, what has happened, the Greek definition of it divides it between spiritual and secular. But it was never meant to be that way. What our work is should not. It shouldn't. We shouldn't distinguish work from worship. Come on. Because it should be the same. The same word is used for work and worship. But what has happened with society is we separate the two, and we're so busy working, kind of like what Martha was doing, that we miss the opportunity to worship. And when we're not um, in harmony, we're not doing what we're created to do because we're chasing occupation based on the money it makes and not whether that was what God created us to do. And when we're doing what God created us to do, then we're in harmony with God. And then, you know, we're not overwhelmed and we don't have these other things and we're able to stop. And we're we're in a state of um, enjoying the present and we're asking him what he wants and what his purpose is. And yes. I think that's one of the points um, that I got um, as I studied mm. this topic. Mm. Can you repeat that? You said the Greek word. Can you repeat that so that well, I, I don't know the Greek word. I know that the Hebrew word is Zavad. He- 
and it means to work, to worship and service, and there was no delineation between mm-hmm. that. And Abide, the, the Greek, when the Greek got to the word, they separated it. And so what we do is we work, and most of us spend the majority of our time working, and then whatever time is left, if, if you would look at it as a pizza, whatever slice is mm-hmm. left, we divide that between what we want to do, and then when we're done with that, then we may mm. seek God about what he wants to do when in reality um, our work and worship should be the same. Mm. It should be the same. No separation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. Amen. Wow. Mm. And Reverend so, Rosemary, when I, when, I, when I think about mindfulness too, it also, for me, it, it takes me to a state of pause. Because mm-hmm. we are such a busy people, um, we are human beings, not human doers. But when we have to do the work that we're called to do, and sometimes it becomes overwhelming, then we have to do a, like a sila. We have to take a pause, mm-hmm. and mindfulness allows us to take a pause. And sometimes that pause for me becomes a Sabbath because that's the time mm-hmm. I can pause and rejoin with my Creator who's directing mm-hmm. me to do the work. And I like that mm-hmm. work in worship. And mindfulness can also be called worship as well because when we pause, we're going back to the breath and we're remembering who the creator is who first breathed life into man. So work and worship, pause, mm-hmm. and praise, all of it is built in together into mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now, that Sabbath, that that really speaks volumes to me, Sabbath, to, to pause. And I often uh, teach on what the Sabbath looks like and, and what the, the Sabbath was designed for. And I found out that uh, the, the word Sabbath actually has a couple of different meanings. And, and one of the words is to, to, to pause, in other words, to stop or just cease. You know, if, if God mm-hmm. could could stop. You know, if he could pause after uh he created and he rested, you know, why can't we? You know? Yes. And oh. then uh just another word I found out for uh Sabbath is that we should uh suffer to be lacking, which means that we recognize that we can't finish it all in mm. one day. Amen. You know. So if God realized that he couldn't finish it, that he knew that there was more work to do with, you know, uh, the creation, the salvation, sending of Jesus Christ, uh, restoration, reconciliation, he knew that that was left, but he still was able to uh, to recognize that and realize that there's some unfinished work. But he didn't go through anxiety, he didn't go through depression mm-hmm. because he could suffer things to be lacking. Mm-hmm. But then another thing I learned as it relates to that Sabbath, that ability to pause, is to just reflect, to celebrate, mm-hmm. you know, to step back, look at what you've done, you know, look at your your work, your worship, and your service, huh, and celebrate, mm-hmm. you know. Because mm-hmm. God, after he created man, he said, it is good. Mm-hmm. You know, not just good. Then he also said, it's very good. So after he created us, you know, he stopped. He celebrated. And he recognized that there was still more left to do. But we want to get it all done, you know, Mm -hmm. on the same day, in the same week. But, you know, God, he he gives us a time and a season. But we are so uh, driven to a busyness and, and productivity and, and success and whatever our definition of success is, that we, we don't even stop. We don't even sleep well at night because we're up thinking and worrying and wondering about what we're going to do. Am I right? You're right. So I agree. if we could take the example of God, our creator, who created the heavens and the earth, that he stopped, he celebrated, you know, he was able to suffer that there's some things that that I didn't get done, but I I'm going to do them later. But then that other word for Sabbath, it means to have a finding a place of rest, finding a home uh, where we can be at peace. 
So mm-hmm. I think that we can really, when we get into the scripture, we can find uh, examples and, and find um, evidence that God really wants us to be present uh, to the present moment. And that's where our peace is going to be found. That's where our uh, uh, happiness, because people are chasing happiness through things, through money, through people, you know. And the true happiness is only found in God. Yes. Recognizing that he has a plan for us and he wants us to rest and just trust in him. Amen. Amen. So, Reverend Thomasine, in your practice as a spiritual director, can you tell us about some of the the, the issues or some of the things that, that people come with and, and just some of the uh, guidance or direction you, you give them? It's a journey. And as a spiritual director, it has to be a an agreement or an invitation from God for both parties to feel comfortable with one another. Mm-hmm. And often I find that um, several of my clients or directees are in a state of um, emotional despair, their prayer mm-hmm. life. They don't pray mm-hmm. the way they used to. They don't even have a prayer life. They're not mm-hmm. sure of what God has called them to do. They become, they are depressed, and I've even had situations where um, the directees have been in um, in a state of darkness, dark night of the soul. And all I do with them is through the help of the Holy Spirit, is invite them into prayer. Mm-hmm. Not that they are praying, but invite them into prayer. And I always have silence, because I do believe as a spiritual director, the Holy Spirit is the true spiritual director. And as we sit in silence and allow the Holy Spirit to work out whatever is happening with this person and to give me direction to lead them, once we come out of that silence, then we can have conversation. But we just can't have conversation as two human beings without the presence of the Holy Spirit. And my first direction is to allow themselves to be who they are. If they're Mm -hmm. angry with God or if they're disappointed with life, let that come out first. And then we pray around whatever it is they're going through. Prayer is the essence of uh, being a spiritual director. We pray around and we invite them to ask questions. And as a spiritual director, I never give them answers to the questions. I always ask them, well, how do you feel about this? Well, how is it that you come to this conclusion? Because on that spirit, the direction, on that journey with them, they have to come to terms with who they are and what God is calling them to do. Because I cannot give them advice. Counselors give Mm -hmm. advice. Therapists give advice. I journey with them and allow them to be who they are and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. And often after two, three, four, five, six months, they are able to answer the questions. Well, this is where I am. This is how I feel. This is how my prayer life is beginning to come into fruition. And Mm -hmm. I no longer need spiritual direction because I'm now on the path. A spiritual director actually removes the fog. You know how when you're driving down the road and there's fog and you can't see Mm -hmm. in front of you, what the spiritual director does is help to move that fog so that the rectee can see where they're going and how they're going to get there by the help of the Holy Spirit and God as Mm -hmm. their guide. That's basically what I do. Yes. So as I was saying earlier, through spiritual direction, you can help people to, to wake up to yes. who who they are and where they're going and what God is saying as they journey through life. Yes. I noticed that we have a couple of, of listeners on the line, and I want to just uh, invite our listeners, if you want to uh, ask a question, if you want to make a comment, just hit one on your phone, and you can join the discussion 
on the present moment and how to be happy and how to live a, a fuller life. So, Reverend Thomasin, I know that um, you mentioned one thing, and and some of my work as a pastoral counselor, I work with people who are uh, depressed and people with several mental um, health issues, uh, anxiety being one of them, um, PTSD. And one of the things that I do talk to them about is mindfulness. And one thing that I find to be very helpful is breathing. You mentioned you teach people um, to notice your breath because the truth is that we are so distracted. uh, And when we just stop and notice our breathing, it actually helps us to feel better. Yes. And what I do is I guide them, you know, in taking deep inhales and Mm -hmm. exhaling and just notice the sound of the breath, notice the rhythm of the breath. And I find that just in the short time that they're sitting with me in the session, they're feeling less anxiety. They're experiencing less depression. So of all of my listeners out there, if you are are, are curious and wondering how you can learn how to be present to God and how you can learn to practice mindfulness, one thing is to notice your breath. So, Reverend Thomasine, uh, is this something that that you uh, also teach in your work with, whether it's in spiritual direction or, you know, just as a uh, oblate associate? Yes, especially in meditation. Um, mm-hmm. Breath is so important because in meditation, it's an inward journey. It takes us to an inward journey. Uh, to who we are, and it allows us to touch the holy in a sacred way. It relaxes us, the breathing relaxes us, and brings us in peace out of a hectic state of being for a few moments or a half hour or hour. And one thing about breathing is that when you go into meditation, um, it's hard at first, learning the practice. Your mind begins to go here and there, and thoughts arise. But with your breath, you can bring yourself back from distractions. Go back Mm. to your breathing, and you can go back into the meditation process. So it's very important. And how the relaxation comes from the breathing, and even posture is important in meditation. Mm -hmm. But breathing is the essence of even mindfulness and the essence of meditation because it helps us to come back to who we are. Mm-hmm. I want to ask um, Charles David as, as a man, do you have any suggestions that, that you can give to our men who might be listening, who might be uh, curious on, on how to begin uh, this journey of living in the present moment or mindfulness? Um, yeah, I, I can give some suggestions. I, I it starts with um, with seeking God um, mm-hmm. and and asking this Holy Spirit to open up our spiritual eyes. Because as we open up our spiritual eyes, it changes our um, perspective, and our perspective changes the way we think, um, and that'll begin to change our situation. Oftentimes, we look for for help outside of outside of God and ourselves, and that's where we get ourselves into trouble. When we turn to God and we seek him, um, he says in James that he um, that if any one of us lacks wisdom that we can ask and he would give it to us liberally. He is just waiting for us um, to get to the point where, we, where we're ready to pause, where we're ready to stop, where we're ready to kind of silence the noise going on around us and to seek him. And as we do that, and he begins to open up our spiritual eyes, and we begin to see. I know in myself, it started to, again, as I stated earlier, my priorities and what I value. I got an opportunity. I, I work. I, I I work with um, an organization that does mentoring uh, for young men in Baltimore City, um, and a lot of the um, the mentors are very wealthy, prominent. 
business people and then having conversations with them. A lot of us, a lot of them have stated that, you know, you know, I have a lot of money, I have a lot of success, I had a lot of things, but, you know, my wife and I, we were happy when we had that one bedroom apartment. Um, we were happier mm. then because they didn't have as many distractions, they didn't have as many things going on, and they and they took pleasure in some of the smaller things. You know, when we lay on our deathbed and we know we don't have a lot of time left, we're not going to be thinking about what clothes are in our closets or how many cars we bought or, you know, those type of achievements. We're going to be thinking about the people we care about and the people we love um, and, and the time that we spent with them. So as God begins to open up your spiritual eyes, you'll value that more. Spending time with those that you love. Um, opportunities to be in nature, to see God's beauty slow down for a little bit. It does an amazing job going for walks. Just the small things we take for granted. You know, we often think of the big things or that, that will make us happy, but it's really the small things. And when you add all those things up, um, and so I, I would start with that uh, because it comes from him opening your spiritual eyes for you to see it. And as you see it, then you can act um, and then you can begin to prioritize a little bit differently um, and learn what you should value. Because I think he's already given it to us. We're praying for him and for this and that, but we already have it. It's up to us to just see it that way. It's mm-hmm. up for us. Uh, and we can do that with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We already have it. You know, this whole concept of of mindfulness and and living in the present moment, it's it's novel for Christians. You know, because as we as we talk about, it's a you know a, more of a, a Eastern a way of of being, way of thinking, and uh, some of our churches might not be accepting some um, traditional Christians might not be as welcoming of the concepts of mindfulness because I I can know uh, uh, attest to the fact that before I attended uh, Loyola a Catholic University I wasn't aware of some of these practices and I just believe that as believers God he gives us all things to enjoy and we just have to embrace the things that are uh, in sync with our spirit because the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and he will lead us into all truth. And if we are uh, listening to things that might not agree with our spirit, the Holy Spirit will, will, will let us know that. But I have found that just embracing just different uh, uh, philosophies have enriched okay. me and helped me to become a better person, a, a better believer, a better Christian, and a better servant to God. Well, so, you know, we can I, look at at the Word um, and we see Jesus modeled these same things we say to Eastern philosophies and a lot of things. He took time to go away and to get mm-hmm. away and to reconnect with God. And he took time to ask God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Um, and to seek God. He took time to fast and go away. So when we look um, at, we have to separate religion from spirituality and what Jesus actually taught. And um, you're right, a lot of churches, you know, it goes against what they're, what they're really putting out there because, you know, it's it's a, a blessing type of thing. It's the emphasis in a lot of uh, the Western churches is, is blessings. We do this so we can get these blessings and the blessings and a lot of it, whether they're saying it outwardly or they're saying it or they're suggesting it or in the subconscious, it's, it's blessings here on earth. And it's blessings and things and cars and things instead of, you know, what Jesus said in Matthew 6 when he, he talked about look at the trees and the flowers, just live mm. and enjoy and trust God. He's going to provide. So if we're, we have to decide whether we're going to be followers of what man teaches about God or if we're going to get to know God ourselves and follow Jesus' example. Wow. You know, I had an eye-opening experience uh, several years ago, maybe about 20 years ago now, and I had to come to the realization of what God was saying to me because sometimes we can get stuck in tradition and never 
fully hear God's voice. Never know what is God saying to me about my life. And at that time, I was young in the faith. It's probably yeah, about over 30 years ago as I'm thinking and I'm telling my age. But it was over 30-some years ago when uh, I was new in the Lord and, you know, just beginning to hear the voice of God. And there was so much legalism in that particular church. And, uh, you know, God had to speak to me based on what his will was for my life. So around that time, I began to do a lot of reading and I began to attend, you know, other places of worship and began to embrace other ideas. But sometimes we can remain stuck in our own tradition and stuck in religion that we're not even hearing God's voice, but we're listening to uh, what man says that God is saying. And some of us don't even read the scripture for ourselves, as you already stated, Charles David, and we don't even know what God is saying. And God really wants to get us to think outside of the box because there's so many facets to God. There's so much that he wants to give to us to free us because the truth is that we are enslaved to people, to institutions, you know, to tradition. But God wants to set us free. He says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So concepts such as uh, what we're talking about, how to live a fuller and a present life, how to be happy, you know, those were things that woke me up and helped me to appreciate the fullness of God and that we can we sometimes can put God in the box and think that if it's a Christian, if it's not a Christian concept, then it can't be God. Mm-hmm. But God hey, is bigger man. than that. Yeah. You know? Yes. I um been journeying with the Abbey Sisters of Providence, and that's the oldest order of women of color, um, nuns in the entire world. And my life, I I know that God introduced me to them to save my life. And through uh, the ablates, I've learned, and my prayer life is so enriched now. Mm. I've learned Lecta Divina, that's praying with Mm. Scripture and entering into Scripture for life application and just Mm -hmm. being in the sacred place with God. And also Mm. um, examine. At the end of the day, I had never heard of examine. I sit with God to examine my day. What did mm, I do, God, wow. to bless you? What, did I, what mm-hmm. did I do, God, to bless your people? What did I not do? And how can I improve that for tomorrow? So I mm. examine. It might be 5, 10, 15 minutes. However I enter into that examine, it gives me the fullness of yesterday and gives mm. me the riches, riches for tomorrow. But so tomorrow. all of these practices came from Catholicism, the meditation mm. piece, the centering mm-hmm. prayer piece, and for, from the, the faith, and it also increased my faith wall, made me really strong in my faith when I started practicing the Zen method of meditation, which took me to mm. another level. And that's actually where mindfulness comes from. It comes from the Eastern practice of prayer. So Mm -hmm. it's just um, a um, conglomerate of things that God has placed me in, people and situation and other faith walks that have made me who I am in my faith walk with God. So it's really Mm -hmm. not for me about religion. It's about my relationship with God. With God. And whatever... improves that relationship and whatever enriches my prayer life, I have to grab it because I have nothing but God as my foundation. I have a caller who wants to join in on the conversation. Let me invite this caller in. Good evening. Welcome to Totally Whole. You're on the line. Good evening. Uh, This is Reverend Bonnie Burgess from Mount Calvary. Hi, Hi, everybody. Welcome. And I'm enjoying Hi. this discussion very, very much this evening. It's a, but, a very thank important you. topic. 
Okay. Amen. So you have you are you familiar with uh, the concept of the present moment and mindfulness and has it been helpful for you? It has been extremely helpful. I'm still learning the concept. Mm-hmm. Um I have attended um some courses and I've sat under Reverend Adams and I'm learning about the process. Mm-hmm. And um I wanted to ask a question just uh, well, to add one point first about um, the ways to practice mindfulness, and mm-hmm. I, I really think that you all covered so many different suggestions, like the breathing, for mm-hmm. example, going for walks, um, mm-hmm. Lectio Divina, centering prayer, and the examine. And I wanted to ask if you might discuss a little bit about walking the labyrinth mm-hmm. and how that fits into um, the concept of mindfulness. And then secondly, um, this word discernment. As I'm listening tonight, I'm hearing mindfulness and what it what it is and how we do it, and then also meditation. But the word discernment keeps coming up. For me, if one of the speakers or both would talk a little bit about what discernment is, how do we really know that we are hearing the voice of God? Okay. All right. Thank you for the question. And okay, um, mm-hmm. Reverend Thomas, saying I know you and your uh, work as one of the Oblate Sisters. You've taught people um, on walking the labyrinth. Can you uh, respond to that one? Uh, Yes. The labyrinth is, I would say, a walk of discernment and a walk of faith. Because when you enter into the labyrinth, you're entering with sometimes stuff, or you're entering to find answers. And as you walk the labyrinth in silence and being attentive, so that you can be responsive when you come out of the labyrinth. Attentiveness as to what is being, um, it's an inward journey. What's happening to me? What am I feeling? How is God touching me? And sometimes you just go in blank. You don't have to have anything. Just go in blank. And by the time you come out, before you come out, when you hit the center of that labyrinth, labyrinth, it's a time for just being, absorbing what has happened when you entered into that labyrinth and praying to God for a response by the time you come out of that center and come out to the end of the labyrinth. It could be a scripture. It could be a word. It could be a phrase. It could be a bird that you saw. But the answer will be, Able will be able to come forward if you allow yourself to enter into that labyrinth walk and with the realization that I'm coming out not the same way that I went in. Okay. And Charles yeah. Dave, we, we we did a show uh, on last month on how to hear the voice of God, and, and you uh-huh. were one of our presenters. Can you respond to that question? Yeah, Yes, I can. Um, discernment is the ability to, you know, to be able to see um, whether something is of God or not, right, wrong. Um, and we really get that. That's a spiritual thing. There's discernment, worldly discernment, but spiritual discernment we get um, from God's Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Um, and his spirit, he promised to guide us. And you find a little bit about that in, in, in Acts, um, I believe, the second chapter. Um, where um, it talks about the Holy Spirit that will guide us. Um, And even Mm -hmm. when we don't necessarily know what to pray for or what, um, the Holy Spirit, um, he was promised to be a comforter, um, but also to be a guide um, or advisor to us as well. And one of the practical ways that we can kind of tell whether we're hearing God's voice is, um, and we discussed this last month, was that, what the Holy Spirit guides us, it's going to be in line with His Word. 
It's yeah. gonna be, there are all kind of voices and things that will say, but if it's not in line with God's word, um, then that, that word did not come from God. So that's why we have to be well-versed with the word. That's why we have mm-hmm. to have a strong prayer mm-hmm. life and communication mm-hmm. with God, but mm-hmm. we can always ask the Holy Spirit um, to make it clear, to make it present and plain. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I read something yeah. from Sister Rosemary Doherty, who's one of my um, mentors, and she wrote a book called Discernment. And one thing that was interesting that she wrote in her book is that discernment is the prayer around the prayer. We have a prayer that God has placed in us. We have a direction that God has placed in us. So we pray. Discernment comes when we pray about that particular prayer. And as we pray about the prayer, the Holy Spirit intercedes and the discernment takes place. So it's a prayer around the prayer. And I practiced that. And Mm -hmm. it really worked for me. So Mm -hmm. discernment is bigger than a prayer. It's Mm -hmm. it's a prayer around the prayer prayer. that God has placed in us. All right. Well, we have run out of time. And I tell you, this has been such an awesome discussion. I want to thank my two uh, co-hosts, Reverend Thomasine Adams and Brother Charles David Washington. Thank you so much for your input. I want to thank all of my listeners, uh, even my sister who called in. Um, just remember that we are here every Monday evening from 7 to 8 p.m., Totally Whole Talk Radio. And if you want to join the discussion, please give us a call at 646-929-0630. And so, again, we are here to help you to learn how to live a more happier and a more fuller life. And God doesn't just want us well. He wants us to be whole. So if you want to reach me at Totally Whole, you can call me at 410-728-1800, and we're located at 1701 Madison Avenue, Suite 500. We are accepting referrals for those who might want to uh, receive counseling on how on integrating spirituality and mental health. So be kind to yourself and trust God in the process. And we'll see you guys next week, and by all means, be blessed. And stay tuned for our general... Uh, promotional of all of our radio programs. Good night, and God bless you. And thank you Good once night. again. Thank for you, my Reverend show. Rosemary. Thank Good you. You're quite welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good night. Join us here on the Family Healing Circle, where we heal your mind, body, and soul. Every Sunday, we start your week off right with the delightful Deletta Gillespie and Updraft. It is always an educational and informational show. Tune in on Mondays for Totally Whole with Pastor Bridget and Pastor Cook as they give you the word. Tune in on Tuesday with world-famous DJ Davey D as he plays all of your old-school favorites in R&B, hip-hop, Jazz, house, and rap. Join us every Thursday where there's something different. The first Thursday of the month, ladies, is for you. Total empowerment with the owner of Simple Wellness Hair and Day Spa, Angela Hardy. On the second Thursday of the month, join relationship coaches, Reverend Arlene Cahet and Reverend Harvey L. Bailey on One Love, One Connection, One Us as they answer all of your relationship questions. On the third Thursday of the month, men, it's time to man up with our own sacred masculine, Reverend Jamel Gilliam and the Sacred Masculine Show. On the fourth Thursday of the month, join me, Reverend Harvey L. Bailey in the inner consciousness as I talk about self-help. When we have a fifth Thursday of the month, you can join Reverend Arlene Cahet with the Healing Paradigms right here on the Family Healing Circle where we heal your mind, body, and soul every week.
When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. 